Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this beautiful congregation, for this opportunity that you have given me this day to share with them the wonderful word that you have given to the world. We thank you for the Bible, O oh God. For many centuries, people didn't have Bibles like we now have. For many centuries, people uh, could not enjoy reading it every day like we do. Help us, O oh God, to be people of the Bible. And Holy Spirit, give me, help me to share this word with this wonderful congregation. We also pray for Pastor Joaquin in Peru, that you will bless him in the rest of the time he is there and bring him and his wife back home safe. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a new Bible set in English, and it's a very heavy one. I usually have light ones. Uh, this scripture tells us about our present stage in life. Uh, but I want to begin by saying this. What is the uh, condition between being in a chronological age and being an eternal age that is following us? According to uh, Ecclesiastes 2.3.11, he says that he they did everything beautiful in his time. But the second part refers to time in our lives. And he said, and he put eternity in them. That is, we are eternal beings. We're not going to be someone else. We are eternal because we have the Spirit of God within us and a soul. But also, uh, I was checking with a doctor the other day, the urologist. And I, don't, I think he's Christian because when we were talking about some of these things and, and I, I told him there are two eternities or two sides to eternity. There is eternity with God and eternity without God, which is damnation. Uh, I brought this, which I use in a, in a, in a message in Spanish. Uh, God lives from eternity to eternity. It has no beginning, no ending. But someone said, and some scholars believe, that in some part of this uh, eternal uh, creation, God made or put a spot, and he called it time. And time is chronological time, chronos. And that's where we get the word chronological, chronos. Uh, and chronos means we live by meeting uh, minutes, hours, weeks, months, years, and then we have centuries. But that's just a spot between the eternity of God and eternity that follows. Therefore, we are eternal beings in the sense that when we are born, we are born with that in, in us. What, when, when dead comes, 
That separates the Trinity that we are. God said in Genesis uh, 1.26, Let us make man, let us make people like us. For some reason, God was not uh, pleased having so many angels, archangels, and all that. He wanted to know, he wanted to have some, some people that would resemble more to him. And we are that people when we come to Christ. And the important thing about this is we live in three tenses. Past tense, what we did before, what we lived before, what's behind us. Present tense, now we are here, this is our present. And then we have a future. So we have three steps, past, present, and future. And when the Bible speaks about the future, when the future is set on Christ, it's a wonderful future. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, you know that very well. God says that uh, uh, God spoke and told us that he has plans for us. He's always had the, the best plans in life are, are God's plans. I got saved in, uh, through missionaries, American missionaries from Portland, Oregon, uh, that went to Colombia. I was born in Cali, uh, Colombia. But I lived in Panama for 34 years before coming here. I went, to, I went to New York when I was a little kid because my dad, my Dominican dad, uh, dad was uh, uh, in show business that is directing theaters and so forth, and he got, he got blind. And I was eight years old. So I was a little, the, the, the smallest of the kids. And so they gave me the assignment to go around with my father everywhere. So I became his secretary. I learned to type at an early age, so I could type his letters. I would read the newspapers. Uh, so back in, in those old time ages, I mean, I come from a real chronological background. <laughs> uh, I was in New York when I was 1936. I was 11 years old. And so that's where I picked up some of English. And I was not English, it was Spanglish, because I live in a, in a neighborhood that was Dominican Republic kids and Puerto Ricans, Boricuas. And uh, so I didn't learn a lot of the uh, language. I learned it later on. But because of that, when we get back to uh, Colombia, my father wanted me to uh, learn more English. And so he looked for a school. And the only bilingual school in those days was from a Presbyterian Cumberland uh, assignment, and so I went there. For the first time, I saw a Bible. For the first time, I sang some hymns, even though I didn't know what I was singing. And, uh, but that put the step. One of the families of that church gave me a Bible when I was 18 years old, and they wrote in the back of, of the Bible, Ecclesiastes 12.1, Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. And I thank God that I, at that time, I, I was like any other kid. Me gustaba la fiesta, enjoy partying, eh, pachanga, and so forth. And uh, so I just look around and said, oh, well, that's good. Remember thy creator when you get old. I was thinking of this age. And <laughs> well, thank God I then, two years afterwards, because I played baseball, and so I'm so glad to see this team here. I used to play first baseman. And because I played baseball, I, I got into a... Uh, in an oil town, Colombia's oil town, Barranca Bermeja, and there I got saved. 
and I got saved, and that's my past tense. So I'm going to refer to you to past tense because with that Bible that I got when I was 18, I was saved when I was 20 years old. And then two years afterwards, after I went to Bible school, I started serving the Lord, and it's been a, a real joy and a, what, a, what a trouble, man. I've been to over, I've been over 30, 30 countries. I went to China, read China to take Bibles with Brother Andrew, who is to call the uh, 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 contrabandista. How do you say contrabandista? Uh, huh? Yeah, smuggler. Yeah, God smuggler. He used to smuggle Bibles in the communist countries. And so I was in his uh, board representing Latin America. I don't even know how I got there, but I got. And so I went there, and I went to Canton and took Bibles, and they allowed me to get the Bibles through customs. Used to pray uh, over the Bibles and ask God, blind them that they won't see the Bibles, or if they see them, that they won't say anything. Well, it happened to me. They didn't even open my, 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 my suitcase. And I went there, took these Bibles with a couple of English uh, couple, and uh, had quite an experience. Met a pastor, a Chinese pastor, elderly man who had been in prison for 20 years for being for preaching the gospel. And boy, that humbled you. Uh, I don't think in heaven, I mean, we're going to see some of the big, Billy Graham used to say that. I mean, when we get there, we're going to be a lot of surprises. We're not going to see the big names that we see in TV or there's going to be some people, faithful people from little country towns and everything that are going to be called by God and say, hey, and what about the martyrs in the Colosseum? That's tremendous. Okay, then we're talking about the three aspects of eternity, of uh, chronological, the past tense. The past tense refers to us as sinful people. The Bible says in Romans, for they all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. It doesn't make a difference what kind of a sin you don't make is that we, are, we fall into one category that makes us sinners. I remember I, I, one of the things that I, the experience that I had was to work with the Billy Graham crusade uh, in Latin America. I was interpreter not for Billy, but for his brother-in-law, Leighton, Dr. Leighton Ford, wonderful man of God, Presbyterian uh, from Canada. And he used to use this illustration. He said, uh, Three men were uh, going to a place, and they, they, they found that there was no bridge there. So they had to jump from one side to the other. And it was about seven feet that they had to jump, or rather eight feet. And, uh, and the first one said, I can do this easily. And so he, he took a break, and then he jumped, and he made it to uh, six well, where was he? He was down. And the other guy came and said, I can beat, beat this. And he went around and, and he made seven. And where was he? Down. And the other guy said, no, I've been in college and I, I, I can take a good sprint. And so he went around there and made a big jump, seven and a half, and it was eight. Where was he? No matter how better one of them made it, uh, one of them made it uh, they all fell. And that's what the Bible says, we have come, we have 
become short of the glory of God. No matter how good we are, we don't, I mean, we don't make the mark. Only one made it for us, Jesus on the cross. And I thank God that we can still keep Jesus as the center of our lives, as the center of our ministries, because there's a lot of things going on today. Uh, there's a lot of preaching on prosperity. Well, I better close that when I got saved, but I didn't get saved for that. That just came along part of the thing. I mean, you know, seek Jesus, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. A new coat. <laughs> so, uh, at, uh the past tense, the Bible says that we were conceived in sin. It's not something we got like a cold. No, it came out. The cold came with us as a baby. Psalm 51, 5 says that. When he makes the declaration and confession, David says, Porque en pecado me concibió mi madre. Because I was conceived by my mother in sin. Adam's sin went progressively through the whole generation. And so, that, that's one of the things that we need to think of. I mean, uh, we couldn't make the mark ourselves. So what happened? God sent somebody to do it for us. And the only one that could do it was his only begotten son. And here is where we have one thing. Jesus, as the second person of the Trinity, as God, being one with God in the Trinity... Is eternal. But as Jesus, he has a beginning. He had a beginning in Bethlehem. And like us, it goes around. So he represents humanity uh, throughout the whole redemption uh, picture. And then when he died for our sins, he died with the assurance that he was going to resurrect. And then he said, I am the resurrection of life and life. If anybody trusts in me, even if he's dead, he's going to live. And it's contradictory because if you're dead, you're dead. I mean, that's it. No, he's referring about this step, which is death is only a door that opens up to the rest of eternity. And that's what this is showing around here. In the place of time, el tiempo, we are living now in that time. And... Uh, in the present tense, you and I are now saved. That's what First uh, John says, and we are now the children of God. I couldn't tell my friends exactly what had happened to me when I accepted Jesus and I experienced this fantastic, drastic change in my life. I used to go to parties and carry records and put this thing, and I said, I gave away the records. I said, I have I have a feast in my, in, my, in my heart. I don't have to pay to be happy. I'm already happy because somebody made me happy. Jesus said that the thief cometh but to steal, to destroy. But I have come that you may have what? Abundant life. That's it, I mean. And, and so I don't think I, have, I, I miss um, doing the things that I was doing because this new life, it's a life of victory upon the things that were hanging on us. So I, I found a scripture to communicate to people and say, what happened to you, Jose? I said, the only, the only thing that I can understand is what it says here, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, huh? 
He is a new creature. Wow. God can make new creatures. Same, same head, same body. We're not shortened. We're not spanned. But we're right the person, but we are no creatures. I like this slogan that says, because some people come and say, hey, Jose, you know, you're this and that. And I say, wait a minute. The good you see in me is Jesus. That's it. I mean, if it wasn't for him, I won't have the life that I've been having for all these years. It is amazing. I mean, when I had this accident two years ago, uh, and uh, I came out of the coma after the five weeks, I began to experience so many blessings up to now, two years, that I, that I told somebody jokingly, I said, hey, I would like to meet that guy, that driver who hit me. I will embrace him and said, hey, thank you for chocolate me uh, and uh, causing the accident. Because, I mean, it is amazing for me to see the things and opportunities that I have, like this one with you today. Uh, I met Pastor Joaquin the other day in a seminar he gave in Presencia Viva, and I was, wow, what is this? Because, I mean, he really hits the ball. And, uh, and, and it's fantastic. I mean, I'm not saying this to brush him because I'm not out on that. But I say, I mean, he's doing a terrific job like the promise keepers used to do. I mean, in the sense of teaching man to be man. Man according to Jesus. Because Jesus is the real example of a true man in life. And now we go to the, uh, the last time. What is it? The last time is the future time. What are you expecting for the future? What ideas do you have for the future? I mean, I can tell this surely. I used to think a little bit uh, about uh, about dead, and I had to I had to uh, confess it was not good. I said, "Oh man, I I like to stick around me a little bit more." My dad died when he was 63, and I thought he was dead. He was old then. Boy, think of me at 88. Wow. <laughs> I used to, think, I used to, we used to keep with my wife. My wife uh, would have been 90 next month. She uh, was two years older. She said, I never wanted to marry an older man, a younger guy. Well, well that's, what I, well, that's what she got. And uh, uh, anyhow, but uh, it, 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 it was something funny because she didn't talk and say, you don't talk like an old lady. Oh, you, oh, you know, no, yeah. I don't talk that way. Why? Wow, I have so much life inside of me, boy, that it is fantastic. You know? And somebody say, hey, you're going to remarry? I said, well, that's up to God. He got me the first one. He can get the second one, not the third one, because I would be killing people. Uh, well, I have a friend of Colombia that he married, I, I married him. Then his wife died, he remarried, and his wife died, then he married, and then the last one buried him. And uh, <laughs> it was, it was, uh, all right, as we're facing this, we're facing this, let's go back to 1 John. 1 John, what is it that expect to us in the future? I mentioned this. There are two sides to eternity. I am very sad when I hear people that they don't care about God because in eternity, they will want to 
to see God. They want to hear God, and he's not going to be around. Because God's going to be with those who make him his uh, father, or that is what that, that accept him, according to John 1, uh, 112. 112 sets, uh, what does it say, um, the scripture, uh, uh, John 1, 12 says that we are born not uh, to those that receive him. He gave them the authority to become children of God. But it also says, those are not, the next verse says, those are not born out of a wedlock. They are born of the spirit. Again, it's a spiritual life that bring, brings us in connection. We're being adopted by a heavenly father through Jesus Christ. It is him, the one that we should always follow and obey because he's the one not only that offers eternal life, he's the one that makes life real. I mean, he lived on this world. I, I, the other day I was talking to him, and I was trying to say, God, you know, and, and I, sometimes I was driving, and I was driving, and something uh, out of me, and I began sentimental, and I said, God, I mean, I said, you know, how wonderful to have a Savior like you that understands me on what I'm going through. Because, I mean, you know, sometimes you get lonely. Have you been used with, with a, a, a nice-looking Panamanian for 54 years, and then, then she's gone, and then I go to my room, and there's my other wife, Soledad. You know? Uh, <laughs> and she doesn't sing. She doesn't laugh and everything. And so, but, but it's so wonderful to know that you, when you come to him, you come to one that understands you because he became a man and never, never sinned, but he, anyhow, he was a man, so he understands, and he understands what it's to have a weak, uh, a, a, a temptation or whatever, so I, I thank God for that. But let, let's go back and finish with First uh, John Chapter 3. Uh, Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know. Anybody who has been saved has found this to be true. That when you became a children, a child of God, man or woman, your friends couldn't recognize you. Why? Because of the change that you had. And it was not a being hypocritical. I mean, it was just that you really were changed. And it's amazing, I mean, because this is a miracle. The greatest miracle of all is being saved. I was healed of asthma in a Catholic church uh, in Cali. I was five years with asthma. I was not saved. I was 16 years old. I used to go to that church uh, to Mass because it was a nice-looking girl that was, went to Mass. And so I, I, I follow the religion. And so... Uh, uh, and that day she didn't go, so I could concentrate. So I, so I say, God, remove this, this from me, this sickness, that when I will grow up and get married, my wife will not have to deal with this asthma like my mother had to. And I didn't know God could answer prayers that fast. I left that church at my age of 16 until now. I never had an, an asthma attack. But the... But the and you said in a Catholic church, God hears prayers. 
and he hears faith. And uh, anyhow, afterwards I recognized that it was an advance to my salvation. But on the other hand, the greatest miracle of all will always be our change, the new life, the new joy in Christ, to know that God is with you every day, to know that you don't need to go to anybody to confess your sins, but that God is there for you 24 hours a day. As we're looking forward to uh, the, our future, what is your future? Well, we have promises. I still have promises. I'll be traveling as long as God wants me to, to do. I've been invited to go to Cuba uh, in December, so I, have a, I never thought of that. I mean, but this is, this is a surprising God. I have a friend in Nicaragua, a pastor, who says, you know, when I ask God for something, I say, God surprised me with the answer. And God is that way. I mean, it's amazing. This is a life, I mean, to be enjoying until the last minute. And uh, so here, John says, we are not now yet what we are going to be. And that is, we are imperfect in our Christianity yet. I mean, we're progressively going up. Uh, Philippians 1.6, one of my favorites, you know, it says, I am, I am, I am. Truthfully condensed that he that began the good work in me will progressively follow it until the day of Jesus Christ. So we're going there. I, I, I'm trying to be better, closer to Jesus, uh, more like him and everything. But no matter what, I'm going to die being imperfect in the sense of a human being. Perfection comes and we graduate when we die. When we die, hey, here's your, your diploma. <laughs> Come home. Welcome home. It is different because some people say here, oh, so-and-so laugh and everything. Oh, we're sorrow. Yeah, sorrow remains this side of, but joy at the other end. And I believe that what he says here finally is if we have this promise, if we have this hope of being one day like him, because he is the first of the resurrection. And if, he, and if we have this hope, then he says, we shall purify ourselves like he is pure. That is sanctification. Sanctification is now how I dress so much. Uh, if I put a tie or wear a tie or, or a lady wears a, uh, anything. And her, that is, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's not that thing. It means being uh, a person that follows the word and obeys the word. We should be doing that continually. I could say something else, but at, uh, time is, is here up. But I want to tell you something. I want to ask you very, very closely, please bear, uh, bear me in your prayers. I believe in intercessory prayer. I am here before you because... Hundreds, if not thousands of people that I've known in Latin America, when they found out that I was at the hospital, pray for me and made intercession. And I believe that I am here because of intercessory prayer. I believe in the power of praying. The Bible says that the prayer of a righteous man availed much. You know, in, in, in Latin America, we say, oh, no, so-and-so got his job because he has palanca. You know, I mean, he has somebody to get around there, you know. And, uh, you know, he's my son. Oh, he's your son. Oh, come on. And he gets a job. And uh, we are people of Palanca. 
Uh, I think that's a song, a song that was finally, uh, what was it? It's, uh, I have, uh, I have Palanca in the higher places. But he wasn't talking about Washington, Obama, or anything, Obamacare. Uh, he, uh, he was talking about Palanca, God's Palanca, through Jesus. And because he is in us, we have the victory. And because he is in us, we can talk to other people and say, listen, what you see in me that is good is Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, this day for this opportunity. And uh, I thank you for the patience of this congregation. You know, I don't preach that much in English, but you put me in the spot. And uh, I thank you for taking me out of the spot. But above all, I thank you for the privilege of being in this pulpit that a man like Dr. Joaquin speaks to a congregation with all his heart. And I thank you for the honor to be able to use this pulpit to proclaim the victories of the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. Thank you, Jesus, for resurrecting for us. And because you live, we shall live also. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask Pastor Kenny and Pastor Joey to come up here. Pastor Rivera, I think he's here. I saw him earlier. Let's pray. I'm going to ask the congregation to pray. Pastor Jose asked for prayer, and, and we want to see God move in his life. We want to hear about what God's going to do and what God does, I should say. So, if See if Pastor Rivera is coming. If not, we'll just pray right here. Pastor, we're going to pray for Pastor Rivera. Digo, Amen. Silva, we'll pray for Rivera later. Later. <laughs> Amen. Father, we thank you for Pastor Jose. We thank you, Lord, for the plans that you have yet in his future. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done up until now. The goodness that your goodness has been upon his life. We pray now for a double portion of your anointing in these latter days. We pray that the latter rain would be greater than the former rain. Father, in these days that are to come, that you would complete the good work in him. That your spirit would accompany him. Lord, that in his weakness, you would show yourself strong. Father, as we are fragile. Father, as we have weaknesses, there you show yourself strong, Lord. And you say, my grace is sufficient. Lord, your grace is sufficient to lead him to finish the good work. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to knit us together, that we would hear, that we would watch his example that we would see your goodness on his life and hear the good reports, that it would encourage us, Lord, not to lean on our own strength, not to lean on our own wisdom, Lord, but to know that your grace is sufficient even in our weakness. There, 
We want to see you be strong. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Continue to pray for Pastor Jose. Thank you, Pastor. Um, Philippians, Philippians 1.16. If we could put that back up. That wasn't it. 1.6. Thank you. Chronological age versus eternal life. Chronology, the past tense. God began a good work. You didn't begin the good work. God began the good work in you. For some of you, God has been working in your life and you didn't know it. The pastor shared that when he was 11 years old, he moved to New York so he could learn English. So that he would be ready to hear from the missionaries. He learned how to read in English. He, he at, I believe, he, I was 18 you got saved? Um, at 20 years old, he got saved. We heard the chronology in his life, how God, even when he didn't know it, God was ordering the steps of his life, placing him, moving him around the, the, the world, moving him to different countries, placing him in the care of different men, preparing him for what God was doing in his life. And in our lives, the Bible says, God is doing a work in your life. And it says the good work that he began, that's the past. God has been working in your life. That good work, the Bible says, he will complete it. So God is working in you right now. And you might be wrestling. Let's leave the verse up there. Um, the, yeah, let's leave the verse up there. The work that God began, God is doing, God is completing right now. He's working in you. And the Bible says he's not done. God's not going to leave you where you are. He's not going to leave you in the mess you're in. And he's not going to leave you in the condition you're in. He's going to work in your character. He's going to work in... He's going to take you... The Bible says he takes you through the trial. He doesn't leave you in the trial. The trial is not the end. He takes you through the trial, the Bible says, to test, to, to perfect you. So God is at work in your life. But God will not force himself upon you. So the word today is to bring your eyes back to the work that God is doing in your life. Understand that it's him who is at work and not circumstance, not destiny, not your enemy. God is at work in your life. And to humble, to bend your knees and humble your heart and say, God, finish the work. You have plans. You have plans. But God has a plan for your life. Would you humble yourself and say, Lord, not 
my plans. Lord, not my will. Your plans be done in my life. What are your plans? Show me, Lord. Your will be done in my life. As the worship team plays this song, let's be on our feet. And I would ask you to just tell God, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Not my plans, but yours in my life. Amen. I sing amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Father, we see you at work. Sometimes we lose sight, but we can see you now because you bring your word and you speak to our heart. You speak to our spirit. We can see you at work in our life. And we say, Lord, not our will not our ways. Finish the good work in my life. Father, that this would be the prayer of every person in this room, that your word would fall on good soil in an open heart that says, Lord, finish the good work that you began in me. We thank you for your love and your patience. You don't get tired of speaking to us. You don't get tired of reaching out to us with your love. You cover us with your love even when we fail you. Even when we come up short, you cover us with your love. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this word. Thank you for your love. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.